0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another week of Women To Watch here on 1180 WFYL. My name is Susan Rocco. And every week I come uh, into the studio and I have the privilege of bringing you some wonderful women in the area who are doing some great things. Um, And this week is not any different. Um, Before we get started, I'd like to give you my contact information if you're listening and you would like to come on the show and tell us what you're doing with your business. You can call me at 215-313-5561 or feel free to email me at srocco.com. 233 at gmail. Um, This afternoon, we have a lovely lady in the studio. Um, Her name is Sheila Brennan, and she is a divorce coach, interestingly enough. Um, It's something that um, she decided to do some years ago, and she's going to tell us all about that. Um, And the first thing we're going to do is find out a little bit about Sheila. So welcome to the studio today. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome, um, Sheila. Tell me, tell me first um, a little bit about your upbringing, uh, where it is that you grew up, and uh, perhaps a little bit about your
1: family background. Okay, I grew up in the Philadelphia area. I um, lived in Wayne, and I went to Archbishop Carroll over in Radnor, and then I went to Drexel University, um, and where I um, met my boyfriend, who became my fiance became my husband. So when we graduated from college, we moved up to um, Massachusetts. And I lived in Massachusetts for 25 years until two years ago, I returned to the Philadelphia area. Um, So if you hear a little bit of a Boston accent with certain words that I say, it's my 25, it's my 25 years, (laughs) my 25 years in Boston. Okay, that's a great accent. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> you're don't, trying to lose is, it. No, I'm. I'm not actually trying to lose it. I remember having a Philadelphia accent and losing it when I went up to Boston. But um, when I was in Boston, people said to me all the time, "Where is that accent from?" So they didn't recognize it as a Boston accent. But there were definitely are words that I. Like I'd never said Wooder again when I went to Boston. Right.
0: Well, that could be a good thing. I get, I get teased a lot for water.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so, but I, I don't think I do have one, but I, and people do say, are, are you from Boston? And so yeah. that's why.
0: Okay. So uh, let's go back a little bit to your um, high school years. Where did you go to high school and, and what kinds of activities were you involved in at that
1: time? Um, I worked a lot. Um, I went to Archbishop Carroll in oh. Radnor.
0: Did you say that already? And I I'm forgetting. Did. I'm so sorry. That's okay. And um
1: <laughs> I um worked at um so I'm the f- second oldest first girl of 10 and oh my um gosh. We That's a story. Uh, that is a story <laughs> for another time. For another time. And um so I worked at Fidelity Bank and it's really great to it's really great to be ba- be back here after spending all of my adult years practically in uh, the Boston area so to go you know, around and see Carol and um, Fidelity Bank, which is no longer a bank. But so it's great to be around here again.
0: And had c- the Catholic school um, experience. I'm very familiar with 13 Catholic years school. of
1: Catholic schooling. What were those years like? I went to th- 12, I think. Um, they were great. It was a great. It was a great upbringing. Um, went to St. Catherine's in Wayne, and um, still. I always tell the story of when I went to my 25th reunion at Archbishop for Archbishop Carroll and I went in there and my sister came who was a freshman when I was a senior and it what's interesting about the big Irish Catholic especially the Irish Catholic the families it's like oh wait so you must have a sister or brother who was the same age as me because like I lived in I was one of 10 and people next door had 8 and the people behind us had 6 and the people across the street only had five, so they were really a small family. Right, um, but we had tons and tons of fun playing outside. We, that's what we did. Right, so I we bet. we spent a lot of time outside hanging out, um, learning the rules of the of the streets. Actually, in Wayne, yeah,
0: <laughs> I I did this a very similar thing, but not with with ten siblings, just two. Yeah. Those were great years. Mm-hmm. Great years. Now, is Brennan your maiden name
1: or is that your married name? Um, Brennan is my uh, divorce name. Divorce name. Okay. It is, yeah. And my maiden name as well. It is? Yeah. It well, it's my maiden name, but it wasn't my married name. So I say it's my divorce name. Oh, Because okay. I took it back as a result of my divorce. Okay. And actually at the r- suggestion of the judge, um, because she said to me, What's your, it w- we were kind of going back and forth with the agreement and she said do you want to take your maiden name back what's your maiden name and I told her and she said oh Sheila Brennan sounds so great you should okay (laughs) it is it is a great name (laughs) so it went Sheila Brennan went better than Sheila my married name right
0: um tell me about some of the jobs that you had you know um growing up I always like to know what what um what those first jobs were and
1: what they what you might have learned from them um, but that's a great question. I had um. I feel like all of the jobs that I've had leading up to now really have prepared me for the work that I do now as a divorce coach. Um, first being the first girl, the second oldest of ten, so it was always like, you know, helping people. And sometimes they, my siblings, might say that I was bossing them around, but I was very um. Yeah, I mean, I was always a big help to my mom and so that kind of just and i love helping people so it was it fit well with my personality as well um and then i got into banking um and then went to drexel for accounting so i have a degree in accounting but when i got out of school um i worked co-op jobs and when i got out of school i worked as a um i worked in a well while i was in college i worked in a word processing center and i got very interested in computers so then i worked for a computer company and then I became um I went back to school. I got a masters in technology. So At Villanova? No, no. In, up in Boston. Okay. Um and so from there like I helped computerize um law offices when I was first married. I learned a lot about a little bit about different areas of the law. Um I worked for a amazing female divorce attorney in Worcester Massachusetts who went on to become a family law judge um, so I learned a lot from her while I was installing the computers in the office and so what I do so I did that and then I worked for um, Blue Cross and I was in HR so I did a lot of training and uh, development of uh, staff development they've changed the words of what you did um, and then two years ago uh, so I was also a computer teacher and then Blue Cross. And so two years ago, I, um, when I decided that I was going to quit my corporate job and become a divorce coach, it really was where I did a lot of accounting with people. And my parents actually say now that it's great because I'm finally using that accounting degree. <laughs> finally. Because <laughs> I help people <laughs> and I set up these <coughs> great spreadsheets for people. And I've had attorney An attorney asked my client one time who created the spreadsheet because it tells a story and in divorce you, it's really about data and facts. So I help people to take the facts of their, what they own and what they owe and put it into a spreadsheet that speaks. Lay it out. Yeah. Right. Um, a lot of times people will ask me, can you teach me how to do Excel? At? <laughs> After you get divorced, we'll do that <laughs> the next class. <laughs> so, um, so I really do feel like all of the things that I have done, um, it's one of those that my daughter just graduated from St. Joe's and I said to her, you know, well, she was waiting for her first job offer, which she thankfully got, but she said, this will determine the rest of my life. And her father and I both laughed because it's just your first job. You have no idea where, where your path life lead. is leading you. That's so, so much
0: what we talk about in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I've had anyone come in and say, you know, this is where I started out. This is what I thought I would be doing, and I'm still doing it.
1: I don't really know very many people like that either. No. But I think what I say to my daughter and what I say to people, and especially because I'm coaching people, like what you're going to do next, what's your next chapter, It's so nice that we are able to do that and that we live in this great country where we can go to school for accounting and then say, I don't really want to do this. Right. So I got into computers as a result of a co-op job, which you would have no way of knowing that when you sign up for anything.
0: Right. But what a wonderful background you have, a combination of accounting and technology and um, the exposure you had to law fits in perfectly with and what then you're doing.
1: Blue Cross too. So Blue Cross did a lot of development and a lot of um training. Mm-hmm. So that really like made it communication and I mean I was teaching people about motivation, and communication and how to best do that in a corporate setting. Right. Well it's really no different. Right. So and I was my birth order helped me to be bossy and tell people what right. to do.
0: <laughs> That's always good. <laughs> guide. Being bossy Gently always guide. Good. <laughs> Now, I'm assuming, but I could be wrong, that your mother um, did not work out of the house with 10 children?
1: She worked very hard in the house. She
0: worked very hard in the house. Okay. <laughs> she worked very
1: hard in the house, um, and my father was a uh, corporate executive. He was a tax attorney, and um, my parents actually got divorced after 39 years of marriage. Oh,
0: they did. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So my my parents divorced it, they, well, they it became finalized at the end of, I think, December 31st, um, 1999, so the end of the decade. And then my um, ex-husband and I separated four days later on January 4th. Well. Wow. So we had four days to breathe. Yeah, yeah. really wasn't long enough.
0: Right. Now, was your mom um, instrumental in, um, I guess, some guidance and... Uh, background and pointers um for what you're doing or actually not for for the business but
1: getting through your own um she was I think that she was at that time she was a huge support um but I think she was still really raw from having gone through her um the experience that she went through um but as far as emotional support absolutely I had a fabulous team of um support which I Strongly recommend to any of my clients. I mean, anybody going through divorce. And I just told the story this morning that the. So we separated in January, and the first Christmas, I had like tapped out. Like I always say, don't get one friend; you need um, like a bevy of friends because one person can't handle it all. But I gave <laughs> everyone's out, good at something. I gave out those like neck rests because I know that everybody, my friends and my family, my sisters, my mom, their necks hurt from talking to me on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> for 12 that months. was your gift to them. So I gave them all those the heat where you could put them in yes. the microwave and heat them up, and, and the um, scented ones, mm-hmm. the aromatherapy. That's what, so. I gave like I gave to my support team the neck um, warmers as well as the neck support, right. so that because I know they had cranked necks from being oh, on the phone with me.
0: That's nice. Um, aside from the support that you received for going through the divorce who was supportive, um, of you when you decided you were going to start your own business? Um, you know, a lot of what we talk about in here is about, uh, entrepreneurship and that's, that's a tough thing to do on your own. And was there some,
1: one person who was instrumental in helping you jumpstart that? Well, I did coaching for several years when I was working full time as well. So I was doing it and I had been doing it. I had been doing it for a few years pro bono. People just called to help me and, one of my um, very dear friends in Boston, while I was going through my divorce, she said, "You should be a divorce coach." And I thought, "Whatever that is, because this has been like my cancer. This has been the worst experience of my entire life. So why would I ever, ever do this for work? This is horrible." And she said, "Because you just get it. Like you, you get the numbers. You like you can figure out. You, you just get it. I don't know how better to say that." I was like, okay, so it took me four and a half years to get divorced. It was very contentious and very, it was an arduous process. And um, it was a pretty high profile, long time divorce. So people started calling and asking me, can I just help them? So I did. And I did that for a few years. Um, So it was definitely my friend who said you should be a divorce coach. And I actually sent her an article that divorce coach was mentioned for the first time online and i think like 2004
0: i I was going to ask you that because you know i hadn't heard that term until we met yeah i thought i don't i really don't think people know that there's that kind of support out there
1: so she was ahead of the curve my friend um she and so she she actually was instrumental in getting me to think about it and also and again because i love to help people that when people call to help can you help me you know how do I find a lawyer? And can you help me read my agreement? What am I supposed to read it? Oh God, yeah, read it. Um, and then I had a uh, got a lot of people. You know, my first client, um, my first paying client. When she said, um, when I first met you, I didn't know how you could help me. And then she said, and I don't know how I could have done it without you. And I had another one of my. Uh, Probably my very first pro bono client, she said, um, her and I had met and gone through her agreement. And I just, well, okay, why are you agreeing to this? And does this make sense to you? And we went through it line by line, word by word, sentence by sentence. And she said, um, she went to her lawyer the next day, and the lawyer said, Who's coaching you? And she said, I talked to my brother about this. (laughs) She didn't even tell him, she lied. she did.
0: <laughs> she didn't. She didn't want to
1: share you with anyone else. I guess. Well, she did. I said, "Well, you act like I'm the mafia or something." It was very funny. <laughs> but so she lied about Top it, and secret I actually information. I teased her about it recently. I'm like, "Do you remember what you said?" Of course, she didn't, because she was in crisis. She's, and she burst out laughing. She goes, "Why did I say that?" I have no idea. <laughs> so like things like that, and I just I realized I wish I had had a coach, um, because a lot, you're crazy like it's really a really it's a it's a transition in life that we have no preparation for that we know nothing about and when people talk about their divorce they say um and then i got divorced and then and they just kind of like quickly you know breeze through it as and if it happens overnight as if it happened overnight as if it didn't have that much impact it's like okay and then i turned 21 and then and, and that's how people say it like as it, as if it's the history of the US and i realized that Um, for me, that if I had had someone to talk to, and I had great, my best friend's a lawyer, um, I had my parents, my mom and my sisters and my sister-in-law and friends and everything, but if I had had someone, and I had a great therapist too, but I remember now, whenever I would say to her, I'd ask her a question and she'd say, well, you should check with your lawyer. And I realized that I didn't need to check with my lawyer, I needed to talk it through. So how does this how because it was a thought in my head and I needed it had nothing to do with the law or anything legal it just had I had to envision it so how am I going to do this every other week how am I not going to see my kids for a week
0: well and and uh, as you said you needed to talk it through get it straight in your mind and then make good sound decisions as opposed to making these important decisions when you're so emotional and tired, right, from the stress.
1: From the stress and just from life. So recently I was sitting with a client and she said, well, when I have the kids, he can't come to the basketball games, right? And I said to her, I think it's a free country. And she said, well, what does that mean? I said, why wouldn't he be able to come to the basketball games? And you don't want him to because it's your time. But when he has the kids, you can go to the basketball games.
0: Are there any legal issues there or that? No, no. So
1: I Unless there's restraining orders and you can't come within X amount. No, but it, she just said, it's my time. It's not really. It's your your kids. And she said to me, thank God you said that to me because it made me realize there's the flip side. The benefit is that I get to go to the basketball games when it's his weekend. Right, right.
0: So you kind of help them. You know, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, there's that contentious um, atmosphere going on. And, um, you help them to put the anger aside and just talk about the practicality of it, I guess.
1: And that makes it easier. And the other thing too, I strongly recommend is get mad at me because I'm a significantly cheaper than the lawyers. And it's a maddening process. It's a maddening process that there's nothing fair about it. It's, um, it's, it's, it's maddening in addition to a lot of other things. So if you want to yell at me and then, I mean, a lot of people will say to me, no, I'm not doing that. I get that. And then, you know, two weeks later, they'll be like, okay, so we're going to try that.
0: (laughs) Needed to sink in a little bit.
1: Yeah. You need to come to terms with your new life. And one of the the, um, analogies that I use all the time, which I use a ton, but I said, you know, when people get engaged, and then the first question people say is, when are you getting married? And a lot of times people say, I don't know, we just got engaged last night. And so you get engaged, then you pick a date or pick a season, pick a date, and then you maybe pick a church or a, you know, a place of worship, and then you pick a venue, and then you pick a band. Or So it's a process, and divorce is exactly the same way. It doesn't happen all. It shouldn't happen. The, the decisions are too... They're really lifelong decisions as opposed to a wedding is a five hour event, whereas it's really, you need to think it through, you need to talk it through and almost everything's negotiable.
0: Yeah. And that's so true. These decisions you're making are going to affect you forever. Mm -hmm. That's really true. Um, Let me ask you how, um, other than referrals, how are you finding your clients? Um, are you, I'm curious if you're using any social media, um,
1: how do you go about finding these people? I should use social media and I have a master's in technology, which I tell my kids all the time, but my son reminds (laughs) me that it's very old. So I still can't (laughs) figure out the DVD player, (laughs) which I really can't. Um, but most of my, um, leads and clients come from either they met me. Or they've heard about me through somebody else because everybody that I meet is a everybody I meet, regardless of the of the whether it's a cocktail party or a networking event might know somebody who's divorced so when you're or looking or, to get divorced right. or in the process but a lot of times what happens is that you you're you lack trust. I mean, it's a tough time. So to go online and find somebody or to find somebody on Facebook or because I have these great tweets. Um, I just think like if someone said to me, you know, I heard of this divorce coach, she offers a free consultation. Why don't you talk to her? What do you have to lose except Mm -hmm. a half an hour of your time? Right. Right. So I think word of mouth and referral is the best way for right now. For right now. Yeah. Referrals are always the
0: best. And, um, uh, my thought process, though, is that I don't know people know this type of a uh, um, position is out there and that there is that kind of support. But it's eventually going to catch on. Um, before we wind down the first half, do you want to tell me about your kids real quick and what they're up to?
1: Yes, both of my kids ha- I have jobs. Yay! Yay! Um, <laughs> which is a huge thing. That's um, great. My son graduated from Suffolk University um, in Boston and... When I moved here and his sister was staying here and his father's in North Jersey, he said, oh, I'm moving to Philadelphia too. So he joined us last year, a year ago. Great. And um, so he works at the Wells Fargo Center Mm -hmm. for Aramark, which is awesome. Right. His business cards, that's what he keeps telling me. And uh, (laughs) That that first business card's always so exciting. So exciting. And my (laughs) daughter works for, um, my daughter graduated from St. Joe's in May and she started right the day after Labor Day for Miller Coors, Great. so now instead of um, paying to drink beer in the bars in Maniac, she gets paid to drink beers in the bars in <laughs> Maniac.
0: Is she a beer a test uh, taster? Is well, that what saying? No, she <laughs> she's in sales for in sales. Miller
1: Coors, and um, I always tell her she's been doing research for many years. Yeah. <laughs> some, i'm sure
0: i'm sure she'll love to hear that on the legal, radio some
1: illegal <laughs> i won't say her name She has a different last name than me oh okay <laughs> protect the innocent <laughs>
0: um okay we're gonna take a short break gang and and be back in a few minutes with sheila brennan divorce coach
2: from willow grove to westchester Pottstown to philadelphia it's news talk 1180 wfyl
0: are you a startup nonprofit wondering how to get the word out and raise money? Are you a small business looking to form partnerships with community causes? You may even be a corporation looking to establish a community giving arm or foundation. We can help in all of these situations and do so beginning with a free consultation. Events With a Purpose is a boutique business devoted to helping both nonprofits and for-profits with their charitable goals. We can help you with one event or consult on an ongoing basis. We specialize in events, fundraising, and corporate philanthropy, and do so by offering flexible payment options. Resolve to make this the year to make a difference, and let Events with a Purpose help you get started. You can view all of our information at eventswithapurpose.net, on our Facebook page, and by following us on Twitter as well. Please call Jennifer Robinson at 215 or email jennifer at for a free consultation today. Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket, or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago... Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. What woman out there is not tired of the department store shopping experience? Unkept dressing rooms, no customer service, and never being able to find the right size. This is your answer. Come shop with us. We are Best Dressed, and we are the most exciting new way to shop the beautiful private label of W by Worth. If you're tired of wearing only 20% of your clothing 80% of the time, wardrobe building is a must, and we can show you how to do that and save money. Best Dressed is a business that offers a luxury brand of clothing that will forever be in your closet and always your favorite thing to wear. For the absolute best customer service, easy purchasing and returns, personal custom fitting and shopping when it's most convenient for you, please contact Best Dressed at 215-266-5680 and be sure to view the spring collection at wbyworth.com. Are you a wise woman? If so, attend a free wise woman workshop focusing exclusively on the financial challenges women of all ages face today. Today is the day to secure your financial independence. The workshop is free. The information is priceless. The only cost to you is your time. So register today at www.wisewomenworkshop.com or call 267-699-9700. Again, that number is 267-699-9700. Mention Women to Watch and receive a free workbook. To find a workshop in your area, go to www.wisewomenworkshop.com.
2: News Talk 1180 WFYL, streaming live at 1180wfyl.com.
0: So we're back in the studio today, everyone, Um, and I'm sitting with Sheila Brennan, who is a divorce coach in the area, and we're finding out – all about what that entails and, um, how she can help you if you are, um, going through that, or perhaps if you're in the middle of it and you're needing some guidance. Um, so Sheila, I, I think it'd be important for us for the second half of the show to really get into what specifically you do for your clients. And, um, uh, you gave me a wonderful kind of a bullet point of, of what these different services are. So, um, the first one that I read about was, um, Goals and an action plan, and tell me what that entails when you
1: when you sit down with someone. So what I always tell my clients is that I um, no one ever said to me in my four years of div- four and a half years of divorce, what do you want? Kind of basic, and I don't think they said it to my ex husband either because we fought about everything, so we had no plan, we had no goals at all. We just everything was putting out a fire. So that was very very expensive. Um, so what I the first thing I do with my clients is like, what's your top five things? And it can be things or they can be ideas. And so identify your t- first your top five. And if people can go on, a, you know, they, I say okay, you can go to seven, but then I always push back to like, what's your top three? So we go back to what's your top three. And um, so when they're fighting with their um, whether it's their attorney or their attorneys on their behalf about things that aren't in their top three, I say, okay, wait, is that in your top three? Let me check my notes. (laughs) So you just see, and I have a client who, um, who had a, um, she had, her husband didn't take out his, when he left, he didn't take out his bow and arrow that he had had from childhood. And they kept fighting about it and fighting about it and fighting about it. And I said to her, hold on, let me check your list because I don't think the bow and arrow was on it and you're spending thousands of dollars on a bow and arrow that at the end of the divorce you're not going to get nor do you have a use for it. So, and you know, but it's worth money and it's when it really wasn't worth money it was very important to him. Right. So I just kept saying like you're fighting, you're having these emails go back and forth between you and your attorney and back and forth, back and forth. You need to just give them the and arrow
0: yeah and sometimes i guess it just takes somebody else to step in and say okay look what it is you're you know you're spending a lot of energy on and uh kind of get them back to focusing on on what's important
1: and what i say to them is i get i understand i totally understand and you don't want to give him or her anything but you're fighting about a bow and arrow (laughs) (laughs) So you got to give in on some things because maybe because later you're going to be fighting about those top three things. Right. Right. And you want to have given him a win or her a win.
0: Right. You know, side note, do you only help women or do you help men as well?
1: Oh, I have more women clients. And um, what I say is that I do have men clients and they're lucky if they find me. And so were the women, but the men too. (laughs) But I also, you know, women ask for directions. Men don't. Men really had a client call this morning, a new client, and she said, my husband's already done all the research. And I said to her, yeah, I'm okay with that. And I said.
0: (laughs) They got it all figured
1: out. (laughs) I I said, he probably asked a few guys that he knows who were divorced, and that's probably the extent of his research. So don't worry. I'll, (laughs) I'll educate you. I'll let you know what you need to know. So she was okay.
0: That's, so. that's, that's very true. Um, then one of the, um, the next questions you ask your client is, what is it that you want from the divorce? And, and I'm guessing that's not, you know, the dresser, the sofa, the, but what is it that you're looking, um, maybe what is it you want your life to look like
1: once you get through this? So you may have heard me. What I say is that I wish I could say that Katie Holmes was one of my clients because, she created an action. I mean, she created a strategy. If if everything we read is true, yeah. And created a plan. She didn't wake up one day and say, I'm, I want to get divorced. And then she was very thoughtful. And so that's what I, I work with my clients to be thoughtful. Again, like it's a maddening process, but it, the more thoughtful you are, the better off you'll be in the long run. Right. It's really about negotiation and communication. Right. That's what I tell people if they say, "Is there a book I should read?" I, and I say, "Yeah, negotiation." Maybe th- you should write a book. After I do my blog post, and then you come <laughs> back in and
0: tell us about it.
1: <laughs> I would love that. People always say that about my friend who convinced me to who said I should be a divorce coach. Um, we laugh about who we get um, who we sit with at weddings as a divorced woman and so she said, um, at her first post-separation event that she went to, she sat with seven nuns. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really know what to do with you as a, as a single divorced woman and she said, um, I hope I can say this on the radio, she said I, th- I was the only person at the table who'd ever had sex. <laughs> the
0: only, that never did?
1: Who had had sex. Oh! She was with seven. <laughs> was she was with seven nuns. So I was. La- so and so when we get invited to events, we always report back. And she's like, "You need to include that in your book about the first formal event that you get invited to. To be prepared to sit with children, nuns.
0: Right, right. <laughs> and you know what? This book could go either way. It really could be um, a comedy and and a collection of stories that you have to tell from all the clients that you've met, or it could be a, a real how to. Yeah, it could well,
1: be. Well, I, I come from a long, a family of um, comedians, so I would probably go to the more serious side. So I wasn't competing with my brothers, the comedians. Your, your funny Irish brothers. Yeah, I have I a couple could. of those.
0: Um, okay, the checklist and the wish list. Um, when you sit down and you go through that checklist, is that what we talked a little bit about in the first half about um, you know the spreadsheet? I guess. What are the steps to take? Um, or is the checklist something else?
1: Well, the checklist is okay. So, if you say, um, if so, when you identify the things that you want, so if you say, okay, I want to keep the house, I want the, I want the kids to stay in school. I don't want to go back to work full time. So again, it's like, and or do you want the Waterford? So what peop- everybody's it what they anything. want is different. So it's okay. So how, create that action plan of how, how are you going to propose that a lot of people say, a lot of women say, well, I'm going to keep the house and okay, great. So how are you going to pay for the house? So that's the chat. That's the action, the action items of, so are you going to have to get a job or are you planning on getting alimony and child support to pay for that? And just identifying that a house is not generating any revenue. So what are your expenses? So it really is talk walking through it. And so for every every goal or everything that you want to come out of the divorce how are you going to ad- attain it or achieve it? right right that's real important. Um, y- communication with the spouse that's huge.
0: Um, everything with negotiation always comes back to communication. How well are you communicating your thoughts and your and your wants and your wishes? What kind of advice do you give your clients? Um, when it comes to how they should best be communicating with their spouse,
1: it's really terrible advice to hear. And I d- And if if my ex husband ever heard me, he'd be like, "She so didn't do that. She doesn't follow her own well, he advice." He might hear this, <laughs> but um, only if I tell him. But um, what I say to people is, treat your spouse with a high level of respect. Well, I love that. Treat your spouse the way you would treat a stranger. So maybe not a high level of respect, but where you would be courteous and you would hold the door open for someone behind you. And it really truly is, you get more, um, you attract more bees with honey. And it is painful, like physically painful to sometimes do that. But I just say like, in the end, you'll be better off. You just will. And you don't see it when you're in the, trenches but in the end you'll be better off like don't let the process destroy your family b- because if you have children you'll always be Connected. that person the The spouses the mother and father are always part of the family right right and not all, like it's just it's really really hard to do that and that's but i do say that and i i totally get that you want to you know like people were like well you don't understand i'm like no no you don't understand I was, like, homicidal. If I didn't think I could go, would have to go to jail, like, I would have killed him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you just say that
1: on there? <laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't. He's alive. He's working. He has right. a job. Right. Um, but it, it's real. And he would have killed me, too. It's really, really frustrating. Here we were. Um, we met, like, our first month at Drexel. We were, we grew up together. And then we became enemies, hmm. and it was really hard. It yeah. was hard for me. It, it was hard for him. And yeah, it, um, it's
0: very emotional. Um, you talk about separating the emotion from the business, um, and that must be a constant. I would say, two steps forward, one step back with your
1: clients. So how sometimes do you help? Them? One step, two step. You know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and and what are those two? I mean, business separate from the emotion in
1: going through a divorce, how do you help them to do that? A lot of times by asking a question and that's where I, my coach training comes in because I am a certified life coach. Um, so it really is asking questions and uh, a quick example. I had a um, client who, uh, tuition was due yesterday, right? Yesterday, college tuition for, for their daughter. And so you know, she's like, well, he hasn't paid it and I haven't paid it. And I said, well, okay, you don't have to pay it today. They'll like cut off her food or they'll cut off her ability to register for next semester. But, and so it's like she, my client was questioning her husband's motives. And I said to her, so what are your motives? And I said, sorry to ask you that question, but what's your, what is your motive? And she didn't like her response to herself. So that's kind of how I get people to, because in the, you're going along and, and it seems everything that you think seems totally justified or you can justify it in your own head. But when someone says, okay, so wh- why are you doing it? That's a great question. What's motivating you with this, you know, this, this particular battle? Are your motivations any different than you're accusing him of his motivations? Right. And they weren't. And that's what she identified. So,
0: and so um, I, I read that you do role playing. I do. And uh, I would imagine that that's, you know, a great way, f- uh, again, to be kind of self reflective of, of how they're communicating. What What comes about when you do
1: that? Well, it's always interesting to see who they want me to be. Do they <laughs> want me to be them? Or do they want me to be their spouse? And I can do either one, but I think it's a lot. And that's where the negotiation comes in. And so even people who are with going through mediation, which is a much less, well, it's not litigious at all, but so they're not, they won't be um, litigating it. But, um, if you've talked it through, it takes on a better, you're better able to present it. So if you're sitting there with your, your spouse and a neutral third party who is an attorney or a therapist, um, if you haven't heard it before, if you haven't talked it through, like what makes sense to you, Um, it's harder and the person there is not representing you but they're neutral so if you're agreeing to something they're not going to say well wait why are you agreeing to that whereas I do well why are you agreeing to that what would work better for you and how can you sell your position to your spouse and that doesn't matter whether it's the you're the male or the female how can you sell your position what does your spouse want so what are you willing to give them so that they feel like they're getting something that they want and then, how do you present? How do you present your side so that you get what you want? Right. That's negotiation.
0: Right. Let's talk um, about something that's really important when it comes to um, what you do and and how you help, and that's in saving money. Um, and I think that that's avoiding, you know, jumping right onto the phone to call an attorney when you've decided you want to get divorced. So talk a little bit about what it is that you do that really does help people save money in the long run by using someone like you rather than just uh you know going with the
1: attorney and and no one else. Well, what I tell what I tell clients and as and I tell attorneys as well. So when if a client meets with me first for a couple of sessions, then when they go into the attorney whether it's a um complimentary session or whether they're being charged attorneys rates is that my clients are much more strategic they understand the process a little bit and I had a, a great um feedback that I received a f- last year that one of my clients who I'd been working with for a couple of sessions she went to see an attorney and he was very which I think well, I applaud him but he was educating her on the process a little bit and she's, she said she didn't say it to him but she thought i know that i have a divorce coach yeah yeah i know that so which was great for me so if you can educate yourself if you can become go if you can be more strategic and better planned when you go to the attorney i equated to when you go to the um the tax man if you come in with your shoebox full of receipts and dump it over and where they have to like start plowing through it whereas it if you come in and you have everything already done and organized and categorized, then the tax accountant can certainly do a tax return quicker. Same thing with a divorce attorney. So I identify what's. I help the client to identify what's important, and I recently had a client talk to me, and after an hour, I said to her, "Okay, we're approaching an hour, so you know, do you want to?" her if she wanted to go into the second hour. So after an hour and 45 minutes, I said, okay, we have 15 minutes left for till two hours is up. And 90% of what you told me has no bearing on the divorce. So it doesn't. And so to spend two hours talking to an attorney about that doesn't matter. It's a waste of time. Yeah. And sometimes people just need to talk about it, which is why I tell them, like, you're paying me, and now you're at an hour. Do you want to keep going? And she did, and that was important to her. But it's uh, much cheaper than um, a fraction of what attorneys cost. Right. And I don't give legal advice. It's just like let's be be smart about this. And what? So if you can go into a lawyer and say, "This is what I want. This is what this is what I'd like to get." And you're not always going to get the top three, but if you have an idea of what's reasonable. Well, and if you're just prepared when you walk
0: in that door, if you're prepared, um, because you're not, um, you know, you know, the importance of having to have an attorney when you're going through a divorce, it's not as if they can do it without, but it's just a matter of getting all your ducks in a row before you walk in the door with them.
1: Right. And, and totally being a little strategic. Right. Um, being Katie Holmes. Right.
0: Now, if you um, are so, if if someone's listening and and perhaps they do not have um, the ability or the funds to pay someone like you to help them, what would be your top three suggestions for them um, that they could do on their own that's going to make the process a little bit easier and not lead them down the road of a you know four five six year divorce?
1: Marry the right person. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's a great one. Write that
1: down. Oh, Truly. I g- we um, have to tell our children that mm-hmm. my kids already know that <laughs> they hear a lot. <laughs> about, <both> they <laughs> hear a lot about divorce. Um, there's great, great resources online. The thing that's hard and there's great books about it. There's also a divorce magazine that was started by a publisher of a a like wedding bells, I think that he was the publisher of that magazine. And when he went through his own divorce, it's like, oh my god, there's nothing on divorce. And I always say that there's you know, you go to a bridal section at Barnes and Noble, and there's just tons and tons of magazines, and there's nothing. 50% of those people reading the bridal magazines could end up being divorced, and there's nothing, right? So, there right. is a divorce magazine. Um, so read as much as you can. The thing that's hard is that uh, people are in crisis and often can't read, um, during the process. I was one of them. I couldn't read. Um, I couldn't focus. I couldn't, I, was say, because I you couldn't, just couldn't apply to my own to, life. Right. I couldn't process. Um, so, um, also ask a lot of questions. So if you know of people who have gotten divorced, which everyone does ask a lot of questions, a lot, um, Interview a couple of lawyers. Don't go with a few lawyers um b- again I mean just being strategic about it mm-hmm. try to get to a place where you're not like crazy mad at your your you know s- estranged spouse. Try to b- be less emotional mm-hmm. um, there's- pl- tons of stuff out there. The problem is is that everybody's you know divorce is very unique. So to read to read books about it. Uh there's great books for people in their later years, the Grey Divorces. Um there's great books about for single moms, single dads. There's a lot. But talk to people. And I I think too, people don't really like to talk about it. I know I had a hard time getting people to talk about it. Like specifically what I the questions that I needed answered. Because it is such a bad time in your life that Mm -hmm. it's like um People hate to bring it up and talk about it, but ask a lot of questions. Be really smart about it.
0: Do you think that 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 unwillingness to talk about it, um, and I've just heard this from some of my friends, that they feel as if it's a failure on their part. And I guess none of us, when we're not successful in anything we do, we don't really want to talk about that. Um,
1: I personally never thought it was a failure, and... I never felt like I failed at it it didn't it didn't work, but um I didn't see it as a failure, although I did feel a lot of shame at the beginning, and that's an issue um, but I think it's kind of like why people don't really talk about chemo, like I was sick, lost my hair, but they don't really talk about it. it's it's very painful, and I know that sometimes when Mine was 13 years ago that we separated and I can still be talking to a client and get tears in my eyes.
0: Well, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, it I guess it's an emotion that that always stays with you.
1: Or like they'll tell a story that will remind me of remind And I you. have now I have a really great working relationship with my kid's dad. I always consider um we had a horrendous relationship for 8 years. We have through a series of events we have come back together but as a as a partner's kind of um life not I mean that we're not would he just I always consider that he's well I describe it as he's on my team Mm -hmm. so that if I needed something he would be one of the people that I called and I feel blessed to have that right but it's there was a lot of hurt and Mm -hmm. there was a lot of pain right and so when people are, uh, and I was with a client um, yesterday who said she started crying and sh- while we were meeting and she said, I'm so sorry, I thought I would be getting better. And I said, okay, well, you've only known for 30 days. And I said, you will get better, but it'll be like a year or two before you, because she said, I cry every day. Well, I said, you're grieving. Yeah, right. So like, be kind to right. yourself. Right. I left her and said, be kind to yourself. Yeah, that's great. It's a grieving process. Right.
0: I'm curious your children, uh, when you told them that you were going to pursue this,
1: um, how did they feel about it? My they. I didn't really tell them. It just kind of happened that I was helping people, but I'll never forget. I was on the phone with one of my, one of my clients and my daughter went up to my son upstairs and she said, I think that mom is coaching somebody. (laughs) She's not just giving advice. So that's when I knew that I must be doing a good job because she could identify it as coaching. Right. And that was very early on, but she was just really funny. She's like, yeah, mom's coaching. (laughs) So I was like, okay. So they would, I mean, they don't, they used to, my son would say, you know, I don't want to talk about divorce. Don't talk about it. But they don't really anymore. I mean, I don't talk about divorce. My ex-husband says to me, how do you talk about divorce all day? It was so awful. I don't really do that. I really empower people, and right. I help people. Right. And we talk about we don't. I don't talk about divorce. Right. You're. you're
0: it's a reality, and you're. You're more so talking about all the things that are going to help somebody get through it in the best possible way. Right. Right. Well. As always, the show flew by, and it was a great show. I think it's really important for people to know what you're doing. And before we break, I'd love for you to give your contact information so if somebody is out
1: there and needs your help, um, they can get in touch with you. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, uh, You can reach me on my website, which is www.brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N, divorcecoach.com. And my number is 610-687-1414.
0: Okay. Sheila, thank you so much for coming in today. I'm glad that we were able to do this. Thank you. I loved it. Great. And that's it, everybody, for Women to Watch here at 1180 WFYL. Again, my name is Susan Rocco, and please feel free to call me anytime with questions um, or an interest to come in on uh, into the show and share with us what your business is all about. My number is 215-313-5561, or feel free to shoot me an email at srocco233 at gmail. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week.